And I remember that I asked, well, you know, why do you want me to, to do this? Why me? And he said, and this is, I'll remember this for the rest of my life. He said, because I see great things in you. And I know that God is going to do something incredible in your life. And I think we should start doing big things now. And I'll never forget that because it was a defining moment in my life. Uh, we went to church that weekend after I practiced all week. And I prayed with him before. And he said, here's your chance to pastor this church. And it was really the first time I was ever on stage. And I, I got to teach and uh, you know, t- you know, read this scripture. And it was foreshadowing the life that I would live as a pastor. Because I felt God calling me to that. You know, I asked Emily to do it. She is incredible. And I think she has a very bright future of serving God in incredible ways. Maybe it's a life of ministry, and who knows what it's going to be, um, but she is going to do incredible things, so it was an honor having her do it. But I remember it so vividly for this reason. It was one of the first times in my life that someone showed me love who wasn't obligated to because they were related to me, or they didn't have to because, you know, I owed them, so- or they owed me something. Uh, they didn't have to because, you know, there was any kind of, well, you know, he's related to me, or, well, you know, I just spent so much time with him, I just have to. He did it because he wanted to. I mean, he wanted to show me love because he was just a guy that saw that the way to care about people, the way God cares about people, is to show them love. Now, we all define love differently. For some people, love is something they chase after. You know, me, I didn't get a lot of love from my father, so I was chasing after love from different people because I wanted to feel the same kind of love other kids did when they had a dad that was in their life that loved them. And some of you guys have incredible dads. I know a lot of them, you know, personally, and some of you guys are set up with incredible dads. Uh, and some of you are like me. Maybe your dad's not in the picture, and you look around, and you're like, man, I want to be loved like this. So, and I know that pain. I know what that feels like. I have personally lived what that feels like, and I know what that's like. And so some of you, you think of love, it's something to chase after. Some of you guys might think of love, and you think of it as kind of like a replacement in your life. Well, you know, since, you know, things are so tough, or I'm getting bullied at school, or, or because you people say these mean things about me, I'm just going to chase after love, and it's going to kind of be another thing I chase after, but it's going to, if I get it, it's going to be the thing that replaces the pain in my life. Now, the difficulty with that is it is an insatiable journey to find love, to replace things that God should take the place for. You know, there's a spot that we're like, oh, man, God, you know, we, there's something, right? And there's, I just wish it would fill us up and make us feel safe and that we belong and that we have a place. Well, well, you know, that's God. God does that for us. But when we don't say yes to God and we look for other things to say yes to, it's a journey that will never end. Even more than that, love is a confusing thing. You know, some people say that love is a gift, you know, a gift that you give someone. Some people say that love is something you earn, that you've got to do all this stuff in order to earn someone's love. Someone says, uh, says that love is just a journey. It's just a journey that you go on, and you never know what, what love really is. It's just a journey of different life experiences, and blah, 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 blah. It doesn't make any sense. And that's really not what defining love is at all. Some people say that love is just a feeling. It's just this fuzzy, wuzzy, bare feeling inside of you, and you just, you know, you get all giddy because, you know, you went to the store and bought this gift for your girlfriend in two months, and you're going to give it to her, and it's just this fuzzy, wuzzy time, and that's what love is. It's just a beautiful thing. Some people think that love is an action. It's not just saying, oh, I love you, or hey, I'm going to show love, but it's really doing something about showing love in action. Now, I kind of fall on that end. I love the showing love in action, but it begs the question. What is love? You guys might be thinking, well, what is love? I want to experience what love is. I want to hear what love is. I want to, I want to experience it. I want to live what love is. If you say Christmas is love, it's a season of love, of loving others, then I want to know what that is. Well, here's the benefit. We can talk about what it is. So if your Bible, open it up to 1 John chapter 4, and we're really going to get into this today. It's one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. A guy named John wrote it, and if you know, you know the books of the New Testament, maybe, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then... John, see, you guys are smart. And John wrote it. He wrote John, and he wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. 1st John 
was written when he was on a trip. He was on a big road trip, and he was going through this place called Ephesus where Paul wrote a letter to them. It was called Ephesians. So he wrote this letter, and essentially he wrote the letter for this reason. People did not believe in Jesus. People were saying, oh, Jesus isn't who he says he is. Jesus, you know, he says he came to earth as a man, but it wasn't really a man. It was more like a, a mystical spirit just floating around, and it kind of just looked like a person. And, and John said, no, no, that's wrong. Jesus was a person. He was a person, and he had a purpose. And this is what John wrote to the people in this town, uh, and really for all of us. Dear friends, and it's on page uh, 890, uh, 988. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Now, I want to go through this very slowly, but I wanted to answer a lot of questions because you might be thinking, well, I've always wondered who is God. Well, First John tells us who's God. God is love. He knows love. He created love. When you think of someone's character or personality, the things that make up a person who they are, maybe they're funny, maybe they're caring, maybe they're, they show empathy and they, they kind of know what it's like to be in someone else's shoes. Maybe they're, they're, just, they're, they're just really funny and they just make jokes all the time. God's character, his personality, the things that make God who he is, it is love. God is love. Here's another one. If you're thinking, well, where does love come from? I've always wondered, you know, I thought it came from gumdrops and teddy bears in fantasy land. Where does love come from? Love comes from God. This is what John says. Love comes from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. So all of you, you all have the ability to know what real love is. And in addition to that, for those who do not love, well, John says, whoever does not love does not know God because God's love. You can't know someone and then forget about the most important qualities of make that, who make that person who they are. You can't say, oh, I know God, like I just, I know him and we're super tight, but then all the things that make God who he is, you're just like, oh, I don't know anything about that stuff. To know love is to know God. There's, there's this beautiful comparison that happens there, and this is what also is so good. God saying this, making statements like this, you can't say that you are something without showing it. Because that, that makes it a lie. I mean, you can't say, well, God is love and God is someone who loves and, and accepts people and helps people belong and find their place. God is love and then for God not to be loving. I mean, you can't say you are something and not show it. That's a lie. And God's not a liar. You know, he's not a liar to the extent that he actually explains how God shows his love. And this is what he says in verse number nine. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his son and he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. You should write that down. Verse 10. This is really an underline in your Bible. You can write in those. This, this is good stuff. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So I really want to understand uh, what is being said here, okay? Because it's hard to know something if you haven't seen it. I mean, it's impossible to know something if you haven't seen it. And God's saying, listen, it's impossible for you to know love, students, if you have not had the chance to see it. I remember when I was in uh, sixth grade, uh, I was extremely excited. There was a school dance taking place. Anyone ever gone to a school dance before? It's beautiful stuff, okay. And I remember the school dance, and the problem was I had no idea how to dance. I, just, I hadn't learned yet. 
Uh, no, one had, no one taught me. Hey, Mike, can you help me out for a second? Here, come on up on stage. Uh, I, I never, come on up on stage. Uh, I never knew how to dance. I, and I never learned. No one ever taught me. And imagine how awkward that is, going to a school dance, and no one ever explained to me how to dance. You go up there, and it's kind of awkward. Everyone's kind of looking at each other. So I told my mom this. And my mom, she had the solution. She was going to teach me how to dance. And so we cleaned out all the chairs and moved the table. And I was standing there. You're going to be my mom right now. So I was standing there. And she was like, okay, Justin, this is what you do. You know, you hold hands. So she kind of put her hand up there. And so I'm standing there. I'm like, well, what do I do with the other hand, mom? And she's like, oh, well, you take the hand and put it, put it on my lower back. And I'm like, no, I couldn't get a girl for this. No, like, so so I put it on his, her lower back. And she's like, okay, and this is what it was like. We just started dancing. So awkward. This is beautiful, though. This is awkward. This is beautiful. And she would teach me because this is the, the lesson. Because she said, Justin, if you don't know... If you don't see how it's done, oh, you got to get out of here. If you don't see how it's done, you're not going to know how to do it. And that's what God says. If you don't see how it's done, you're not going to know how to do it. So I'm going to send you someone. I'm going to send you my son, Jesus, and he's going to love you. And I'm going to show that I love you by doing this, by him having his life taken because your sin is just so much. Now, we all have sin. I have sin. Listen, I totally sin. All right? You all sin. We all have sin. We could not pay the debt for our sin. It's like borrowing five bucks from a kid every day for, for, for lunch. And when the kid comes and says, hey, you owe me like 300 bucks. And you're like, I don't have 300 bucks. I don't know what to do. And Jesus steps in and says, you know what? Don't worry about 300 bucks. I'll pay the 300 bucks. I'll pay the debt you could never pay. Imagine that in your life, your sin life. All these mistakes, you made, the things you do that are just rebellion against God. And, and him saying, you know what? I'm going to take care of that. Me, Jesus, I'm going to show you I love you by just handling this whole situation for you. That is how he shows love. Now, the thing about that is, and it's difficult for, for us to understand because we feel like, well, you know, we probably should do something for God to show his love to us. You know, the verse says, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. See, it's not this idea, and I want you to listen to this. It's not the idea that we loved God first, it's not the idea that we did something for God first. It's not the idea that, that we owed God something. It's not the idea that, you know, we just were, you know, good buddies with God and, you know, we're just hanging out and we give him a cool Christmas gift and a big, awesome, you know, card. And he's like, you know what? I just dig you so much. Thank you for this card. Your ugly sweater with my face on it is so great. Hashtag Lily. And you know what? You know what? You're so great. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to I'm going to show you that I love you. You've done so many great things for me. I'm going to show you that I love you. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send my son to die for you. And that, listen, we didn't do anything first. God showed us he loved us first. Because if we don't see the example of it, we're not going to know how to do it. Now, this is a, a very beautiful thing. Because this gift that he gives us, this gift of love, this is a shocking gift. You know, when you think of a gift, you wrap it up and it's something incredible and you play with it and you unwrap it and, you know, you just play with the boxes or do whatever. Listen, when God gave a gift, he gave something surprising. He gave us not a thing. He gave us a person. And that person is Jesus. And even more, this is what is even more beautiful. Because this person, Jesus, who came and, and he loves us and he cares for us and all these things, we don't all get to see Jesus the same way. Like, he's not walking around healing people and, and taking care of things like he did, you know, in Bible times. So, so what's the gift of love now? I mean, Jesus is still there. We still believe in him. He forgives us. All those things are still real. But, but how does, do people experience that same love? How does, 
How do people, how do your friends, how do your neighbors, how do strangers experience this God-gifted surprise of love? Well, he gave them you. You're the gift. You're the surprise. You're the the person that is showing love and, and living it out for people to see and experience. You're the surprising gift. You know, this is what he says in in verse number 11. Dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, and this is important, because you think, well, you know, seeing is is believing, right? Yeah, seeing is believing. You know, if you don't see it, like, how could you believe it? That makes total sense, right? Like, no one's ever seen God. Like, how do we know this is real? Like, wait, wait, God says he loves me. Well, I've never seen the guy. People that love me usually, like, text me, and God never texts me. And like, So if he loved me, he would clearly, you know, this boy told me he loved me, and he texts me all the time. And so if God loves me, he should be texting me too, right? And we think, well, yeah, seeing is believing, right? That's totally what it is. So like, there's a big disconnect. How can you believe in this stuff? And this is what John says next. And this changes everything for you and I. He says, no one has ever seen God, but it's magic. The screen's going to change in a second. (laughs) But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. All the things that make God, God, all these incredible, never seen it done before. Oh my gosh, God is so good. He totally loves me and Jesus changes stuff and that's why we do Christmas and Christmas is love. And guess what? You guys, you guys are the gift. You guys are the ones that have this love inside you that isn't just like this out of nowhere random. It's actually this love that's made complete by God and it's a really big deal. Now, think about this for a second. If this love you have is completed by God, if you're the one now who's sharing this over with other people, here's the question you have to ask yourself. Because there's a little responsibility here, and this is a really good thing. How will you show this love, and who will you, or who will you show this love to, and how will you show it? Really think about this. You think of, man, you know, I love the idea of loving people, and yeah, I do, I should be loving others, and I should be caring for them, but you know, who will I show this love to? Should Should it just be, you know, just my family? You know, just my friends, you know, just people I know, you know, maybe I'll just show my love to just neighbors, people that kind of live around me, or, you know, I'm just going to show love to people who've shown me love first. And maybe I'm just going to show love to people whose lockers are by mine or who play on the same team, maybe the same interests, you know, people that look like me or talk like me or dress like me. That's, that's the people I'm going to love. And, and how am I going to show it? Well, I'm just going to, I'm only going to be able to show it when it's obviously convenient for me, right? I mean, I can't go out of my way to show love to people. Like, there's only so many hours in the day. Uh, you know, how am I going to show this love? Well, you know, if I have extra stuff, maybe I'll give it to people. Or, or you know, maybe I'll pray for people now and then. Or like, as, as long as it doesn't interrupt my schedule, I'm the most loving person in the world. I think God says something different. I think God gives us opportunities to love. You know, in the same way that Jesus loves us, and he doesn't, he doesn't, He's ever sat down with you and had a conversation with you? Not in person. He's ever come to your school or come to your house for dinner. Jesus doesn't, you know, isn't in your life group wearing one of your t-shirts, you know, running around throwing balls at people. But yet Jesus loves you and showed his love for you. So maybe God gives us opportunities to show love. Yesterday, me and my wife were moving. Has anyone ever moved before? Like you pack all your stuff up and you're moving from one place to another? Isn't it the worst like, seriously, packing everything in boxes, moving move day comes, the trucks come, everything's so heavy. I hate all that stuff. And you get all your stuff packed up, and then you really look at everything, and you're like, oh, my gosh, 
I have a t I thought I only had a few shoes. I have like two full boxes of shoes and like a bag full of shoes. Like I have so much stuff. That's my wife, so many shoes. And you look at everything you have, you're like, wow, I have so much stuff here. Like there's a lot of things. So we're there moving and the moving trucks came and my, my father-in-law's there and my wife's there obviously and she's not doing much because she's pregnant, so whatever. And you know, some of our friends are there and we're all like moving all this stuff. And I'm, she told me to take some of this stuff to the garbage and I do this thing when I go to the garbage where I take the bag and I kind of just give it a good swing and it kind of flies like 15 feet and it just lands in the garbage can. And sometimes it doesn't and you know, someone else cleans that up. But when it does, I celebrate. That's a really big deal when I make it. So uh, the same thing was happening. I had this garbage, I was going to the garbage can I was about to throw it in and I just had this moment where I was like I don't think I should throw it in right now so instead I walked around and I was like that's weird I usually always love throwing it in but I just don't feel like I should and I walked around and good thing I didn't throw it in because there was a guy like right by the garbage can he was like standing there I would like I would have hit him in the head and he was digging through the garbage and it totally caught me off guard because I didn't expect to walk out and see a guy digging through the garbage my mind was totally on moving my mind was on this lesson my mind was on just all this stuff and I see this guy digging through the garbage can and he's looking for bottles and he's taking these bottles and putting them into his bag and I, and I watch for a second and I'm just totally caught off guard I just didn't expect this to happen and you know, being a pastor you think like oh man you know I totally know what to do right now I'm going to give him some money or I'm going to pray for him but I was just totally caught off guard and I, so I just kind of quietly walked over and threw it in the trash and said hello and kind of politely walked off. But, but as I was leaving, I had this, it, was like, it felt like a voice in my head. Like it was a voice, it was like feeling, like some people call it like a conscience. Like you're like, oh yeah, I feel like my conscience is talking to me. But I don't believe it's your conscience. I think there are moments when God speaks to you, like in a way that it just changes your heart, changes your emotions in the moment. Like you just feel like, oh my gosh, I gotta do something. Well, I had one of those moments. I felt God saying, you should go and give him the bottles from your fridge. And the night before, we had a bunch of Domino's, pizza, and lava cakes, and wings, and I had a couple bottles of cola, you know, and we drank half of them, so there's half in the refrigerator. And I just felt like I should go empty those and give them to this homeless guy. So I go into the house, and I empty these bottles, and I take them out there, and I give them to this guy. And it, you should have seen the smile on this guy's face when I gave him three bottles worth 15 cents. The joy on his face. The, the, the feeling of Oh my gosh, thank you. This means everything to me. And I'm thinking, 15 cents? That's nothing. So I give him the bottles and I walk away and I still feel this voice of like, like Justin, you guys are packing up boxes of food. You should like bring them in and just give them stuff. And I was like, okay. So I went back and I was like, hey, I was like, my name's Justin, you know, I'd like to meet you. And he's like, oh, you know, he's like, oh, I don't want to shake your hand because he's been kind of in the garbage and stuff. And I was like, oh, don't worry about it. I shook his hand. And I was like, hey, you know, we're moving. We have tons of food. Would that be helpful to you? He's like, yeah, that would be super helpful. So I took him inside. Now, I want you to picture this. My father-in-law's moving boxes. My mother-in-law, some of our friends are. Everyone's moving. It's like a big machine. Stuff's coming in and out of the house, out of the trucks. And here I come walking up with, with this obvious homeless guy that I just met at the trash can. And I'm going to bring him into my house. And I'm going to give him just a bunch of stuff. No one knows what's happening. So I, I walk into the house. And my wife's kind of packing up some of the food. And I say, hey, babe, this is Mike. We just met. We're going to give him some of our food. And I want to shame him by saying, oh, this is the homeless guy. Just, this is Mike. We're going to give him some food. And she immediately knows, like, what's going on. So we give him a couple Trader Joe's bags, and we tell him, take whatever you want. So he's picking through these boxes, and, like, I'm kind of seeing the stuff that he missed. And I'm like, oh, no, don't you want this? Like, this is Nutella. This is, like, the best ever. Trust me. Like, hey, hey do you want some syrup? Like, come on. You got to have this. And, you know, oh, you want, you like pecans? Oh, my gosh, this stuff's covered in chocolate. Have this. And because, because he, was, he was trying to be respectful. Like, he, he just didn't want to take everything. He, he felt like... He felt like this generosity, like he just couldn't take everything. So he, just, he was just taking a little, but I was like, no, no, you got to take a lot. I'm giving him cans. And he's leaving with like two big bags of like food. 
and he leaves, and there's just a smile. He's like, oh, I'm going to share this with my friends. Like, this homeless guy, this guy has nothing. He's like, almost nothing. And he's like, I'm going to share this with my friends. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you have homeless friends. Like, you're going to share this with them. Like, that, like that's so, you're not selfish. You're not homeless, and, like, it's all for me. Like, even with having very little, like, you're generous with people. And he leaves. I still have this feeling of like, oh my, I'm looking at all this stuff that I have, all these clothes and, and like jackets and sweatshirts. And like in this room, we just cleaned out this room and it's like stuff I haven't looked at in like a year. It's like a tent's in there, this big backpacking bag, all this camping gear. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I never use this stuff. So I gather it all together, put it in the bag. I go ch- run out the door. I come chasing Mike down. Like, Mike, Mike, wait for me. Like, wait, wait. Hey, listen, I have this bag. There's some jackets, some sweatshirts. There's a tent in here. Like, would that be helpful? Do you have the bag too? Would that be helpful to you? There's like really like good stuff. All the parts are in there. And he looks at me and says, the last rainstorm, there was a big branch that fell and just cut through my, my tent. Like, I, I, we've, it's been raining on us. It's been cold. Like, it, it's been terrible. Like, this means so much to me. Thank you. That tent was, like, sitting in my closet for, like, a year. This, this is going to be this guy's new home. And he's like, how many people can fit in this? I'm like, I don't know, like six. He's like, oh, my gosh, like, all my friends, we're going to sleep in here. And this guy, keep in mind, this guy's, like, 40 years old. He's not a kid. Like, this is an adult. He has no home. This is going to be his home. And he, and he looks at me. He has tears in his eyes. It makes me emotional because he's got tears in my eyes. Because he looks at me and he says, listen, he, says, he looks at me and he says, are you, are you a Christian? Now, I want you to remember, I did not tell this guy I'm a pastor. I didn't tell him I work at a church. I didn't tell him how big the church is. I didn't tell him that we record. So I didn't tell him any of this stuff. All this guy knows is that I'm moving. I was wearing a sweatshirt, so he didn't see any of my tattoos. He doesn't know anything about me. This is, I'm just a guy. And he says, are you a Christian? I say, well, why do you ask that, Mike? And he says, well, I remember when I was a kid, and I used to go to church. And, and I stopped going, and, you know, and then I, we were, you know, I grew, when I was older, and we went homeless, and then they, you kinda, everyone kind of turned their back, and it was really tough. But I remember when I was in church when I was younger, I heard of people that, that showed love to other people. And, and I just want to let you know how much this means to me. And I, I just, I think, like, are you a Christian? And I look at him, and I say, yeah, Mike, I am a Christian. And he's like, oh, my gosh. He's like, this means so Thank you so much. I'm like, Mike, do you have a Bible? He's like, no, I don't have a Bible. I'm like, oh, I'm going to give you my Bible. I was like, it's like I, just, I just grabbed a Bible. I wasn't even thinking about it. It's like, actually, a really nice Bible. I just gave it to him. I'm like, dude, read this. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this is what Jesus is talking about. Like, this is what he says when he says, I want you to love one another because love comes from God. Like, this is what he's saying. He's not saying, look, you know, only when it's, like, comfortable or, like, only when you're not putting yourself out or only when it's, like, it, it, the schedule works out, only with people you know. No, no, He's saying, I want you to love. You know, he hasn't been to church in so long. But we got, and I gave him this Bible. He hasn't had a Bible. He said it in years. Here's the thing that I believe is true. And I believe it's true for me, and I believe it's true for each and every one of you. You have friends in your life, or strangers that you will meet walking along the road. You will meet people in school, and you'll meet people at trash cans. You'll meet people who need a moment of love. And while it would be very easy to just rattle off some Bible verse, or just give them a Bible for them to read themselves up here, as easy as that would be, there are going to be people in your life that the only Bible that they will ever read is the life that you live. For some people, they're not going to meet youth pastors or the incredible youth leaders we have in junior high. They're not going to sit in these chairs. For some people, the only way they're going to experience God's love is the way that you live it every day. Now, rather that's with family during what seems to be always a stressful holiday season, 
or if it's a guy you meet at a trash can that you just say, mom, dad, we should just give that guy some stuff. We should help. We should love him the way Jesus would. That there's an there's an idea that if the stuff in the Bible is true, like if these things are true, if Jesus really died for you, if he really came and was born in a manger, that you know, if he really says love one another because love comes from God and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God because God is love. And this is how he showed his love to us, that he sent his son into the world to die for our sins. If that is true, that means that the ability we have to change lives in the same way is huge. That the feeling of, and this is, your, this is your big idea for today, this is what I want you guys to take home with you, that, that you, when you look at God, and it's right on your happening, so I want you to take it on, I want you to take a look at it and read it. God's love still shows up as a person, and that person is us. God still shows up as a person. He hasn't stopped, he hasn't, quit. He hasn't gotten too tired. He hasn't worked just one day a year. He still shows up as a person, and that person is us. So, going into what will be a beautiful week, a week of celebrating Christmas, a bunch of Christmas Eve services, that there are people in your life who need the Jesus you have, and you get the chance to live that for them. I want to pray over you guys because heading into Christmas is always an exciting time. But I want to pray over you to give you the freedom and the fearlessness to step out and say yes to loving people the way God did. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the students in this room. Thank you for each and every one of them and their willingness and their fearlessness to be bold. Thank you for sending your son Jesus. Thank you for modeling what love looks like and I believe in the great power that junior hires have to change families, change neighborhoods, schools, and this world. Thank you. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. Hey, guys, I want you quietly sh 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 to stand and head toward the stage because we're going to worship together. And this is the last time we're going to worship together. Uh, Last time that I'm going to have the opportunity to worship with you guys this year, because I'm not going to be here next week, and then we're all going to get back together again in the start of the year, kick off 2015 as one big family. So quietly, head toward the stage. Jason, my very good friend, take it away. Chris Jung, even better. Take it away, brother. His love is deep, his love is wide, and it covers us. Love is fierce, his love is strong, and it's furious. His love is sweet, his love is wild, and it's waking hearts. His love is deep, his love is wide, and it covers hearts. His love is fierce, his love is strong, and it's furious. His love is sweet, his love is wild, and it's waking hearts. Oh uh -huh.